My name is Mary and I cannot stop crying. That boy, that man they crucified is my son. How can this be? How has Jerusalem done this to my sweet, sweet boy? The women who followed my son Jesus have become my closest companions. To avoid the persecution that followers were facing, we moved around the city together. No one thought anything of this when we were together. But when John ran to us, when he told us what they were doing to Jesus, I couldn't believe what he was saying. We came to Jerusalem believing that something special was happening, but I never would have imagined that my son being killed was a part of the plan. But we followed quickly after John and he brought us here. I could barely recognize my son as he paraded by, held by the soldiers. Jesus was beaten. He was barely able to walk. He was stumbling so badly that there was another man carrying the beam on which he would be tortured. As my son struggled, as he staggered in front of me, he told the women with me to not cry for him. He told them that their weeping should be for themselves. For if the people of Jerusalem were willing to do this to him, my son, who was perfectly innocent, how much worse would they do it to all of us? I was so focused on my son that I hardly noticed the two other men, criminals, scheduled to be crucified. They were methodically, cruelly nailed to the beams, lying down one nail for each of their wrists and one nail driven through both of their feet. Three nails for each man would slowly and painfully drain the life from their bodies. Last, it was my son. They stripped him and kept his clothing, one nail for each wrist and one nail for his feet, exactly like criminals, except between his gasps of pain. He forgave his executioners. They raised all three beams, now three crosses, together. We watched, we wept, and we waited. There were some Romans in the crowd who continued to shout at Jesus. He saved others. If he's the Messiah, he should save himself. While I didn't shout the words, I too hoped that he would spare himself, save himself. He brought Lazarus back to life. Certainly he can heal these wounds of his own. But as I put the pieces together, from what Jesus had been teaching this last week. I know that this is something that he must do. Somehow, my son's death is part of a bigger plan that will save all of us. And all we could do was watch. Each breath was a struggle. The two criminals and Jesus pressed down on the nail that held their feet to straighten and fill their lungs. Then they sagged back down in exhaustion, only to have to start the excruciating process of taking a breath all over again. And as we watched, each single breath seemed as though it might be his last. We watched, we wept, and we waited. And as we wait, my mind fights to remember every detail of my life with my son. The night the angel came to me when I thought that what was being asked of me was impossible, the angel assured me that nothing was impossible where God's concerned. 
I remember how kind Joseph was to me. He could have walked away from all of this, but he stayed. And I remember my cousin Elizabeth when she too was pregnant and we both felt our babies turn and kick for the first time. I remember the craziness of when Jesus was born. We were so far away from home, so far from any real help, but Joseph and I found room in a stable. It should have been miserable, but it was somehow perfect and beautiful. I remember how boys and men found their way to us right away in the stable, and for those first few years, God continued to draw people to my child, people who somehow knew that Jesus was the Son of God. I know now just how special Jesus was those first few years. He grew up so fast, faster than we really would have preferred, but somehow he was always ready, especially as his religious training started. It was as though he started knowing more than what the teachers could teach. Jesus had this uncommon wisdom, even when he was just a little boy. But he grew up. I remember when I asked him for help at the wedding. The wine was running out too soon, so I asked Jesus to help. And in the moment, he felt like it was not yet his time, but I pressed on. I told the wedding attendants to do what he told them, and Jesus, my son, took the jars that had been filled with water and he changed the water into wine, into the best wine. And from there, the memories are a blur. The last few years, it has seemed as though time has sped up. My son went from the brightest in the class to a teacher selecting his students. And while they may not have been the students I expected, they all have been so good to us. Joseph and the whole family, his student, John, is like my own son. He's family. When I look now from this perspective, at the last two years, I can see that everything was building to today. I don't want to believe it. I don't want to even look, but the miracles, the healings, the teaching, all of it made today a reality. Joseph and I never hid from Jesus the fact that he is the Son of God. We couldn't have. From the beginning, we knew that our son was not our own, not like our other children since. When I saw how the miracles were drawing attention, when I saw how his teaching was a threat, I could have tried to stop him, but I know better. Always, Jesus has been on a mission. He would never have let me pull him away from what God will do through his son. Nothing is impossible with God. My eyes are almost swollen shut, but I can't stop looking at it for his last breath. I can hear Jesus whispering to the criminal at his right. Even as he's dying, he's bringing comfort to the thief next to him. I'm transfixed by Jesus' face, the anguish masking the deep care. Right now, as I watch, his eyes are opening, tired and intense, directed right at me. His lips are moving. What, what is he saying? He's telling me that his student John is to be my son, and he is to call me mother. Of course, John, I know you love me. I know you'll always care for me, but Jesus, don't die. Don't go. I don't want to know a life without you. You are the Messiah, but please save yourself. 
It just got so dark, so cold. But it's noon. The sun should be at its highest. His eyes are open, his lips are moving again. I must hear what he's saying. Jesus is giving up his spirit to his Father God. No, this can't be true. Is he still pushing up to breathe? No, my son, he's not breathing. Jesus is dead, my mind can't process. I can't think, all I can do is cry, to wail, to beat my chest. I can't tell if it's me or if it's the ground shaking. How can it be over? John's holding me. He is heaving with grief. The leader of the soldiers is coming toward us. Is he going to arrest us? Is he going to strike us? No, I see tears streaking his face. He's trying to comfort me. He's acknowledging that my son Jesus was a righteous man. Then why? Did he have to die? I know that God is good. I've seen God continually working in my life, even when I don't understand what he's doing or where we're going. When he chose me to be Jesus' mother, he knew the depth of love I have for my child. When God chose me, he reassured me. He said that my son, this boy, limp on the cross as the Messiah, the Savior for all people. He promised me. God was faithful in his promise to Abraham. God was faithful in his promise to David. God is faithful in his promises through the scriptures and the prophets. God is faithful in his promise to me. God will be faithful in his promise through his son. I am Mary, the mother of Jesus, and I will trust God's faithfulness. I'll watch, I will weep, and I will wait for God's faithfulness because nothing is impossible with God. <laughs>